all the good things. We got all the good things. All you have to do is look beyond the bad things, find the good things, and honor them with a little bit more of your energy and your thoughts. He starts every life lesson with, if you want to change the world. Here's what you really should do. Listen to your heart, follow your dreams, and make sure that you're living a life that makes you happy. It's such a small thing that takes us a little bit about a time, a little bit amount of effort, can make someone's whole day. The universal sound of the world on Aww, Valentine's a Day. A global hug. A global hug. A global hug. Soon enough, one voice turned to two, two turned to three, and they all started singing in the mud. Some people feel the rain, and other people just get wet. We're finally back! We're here with a real-ass episode. Uh, About how are you guys? Time. How's it going? What's a good thing happening in your life? I, at the moment, I'm experiencing some back pain, so I'm low energy than I usually am, but life is still good. One thing that I am grateful for experiencing this is it's a reminder of how people are living and what they're experiencing. And so it's, it kind of reminds me of what they're going through, which is gonna help me better connect and understand them. So it helps me to connect even more because I, I had forgotten. It's been, it's been a while since I've had this kind of pain and so I'm actually grateful for it. Mm. Yes. Way so to that's see the bright side. <laughs> it, I mean, it's it's it really is true because when, you know, I, a lot of people come to me for support and healing, and when you've been far away from an experience for so long, um, just like with anything that you're far removed from, you can't relate to it as much. And so, this is this it. is a good reminder. Yes. My pain is my teacher. <laughs> also, one mini good thing in my life is looking at Kristen's face because her bun is one of those half buns, but then the leftover hair part is rotated to face forward <laughs> on her face. So do I have bangs? It looks like she has bangs or a, or like a, a men's haircut. Smile, <laughs> Kristen. <laughs> That's for sure going on our Instagram. <laughs> 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 Hardcore. Hardcore. We're all about style on this podcast. <laughs> I got invited to be on the Ellen show yesterday. My Ooh. friend Haley had tickets and I got I had time. Uh, thank you, Melissa, for helping <laughs> me create that time to go. I bought you an Ellen DeGeneres chapstick as a thank you, and I left Aww. it at home. Uh, but it's really cute. And it was so cool. We got really lucky. We got seated right in the very front center. So I don't know if we'll be on TV at all, but it was amazing because no one was in front of us. So when Ellen walked out, she was literally like as close Ooh. as your, like closer than your refrigerator. Did she touch your hand? I <laughs> wish. I wish. Ellen, touch my hand sometime, please. <laughs> Uh, the guests were amazing. It was Kristen Bell and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, nice. I, I was just staring at his biceps the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Esme loves How biceps. I really do. In real life. He's taller than Ellen. It was hard for me to say. I think he looked pretty average height. Tall, Ellen, how tall is Ellen? Ellen seems small to me. Yeah. Shorter statured. I feel like if I was standing next to her, she would be a little bit shorter than myself. Got it. And Mark was probably like a full head taller than her. Okay, yeah. we'll take it. Also, she gave every single audience member $150. Oh, 
Oh, hell nice. yeah, that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, and I spent $151 at her gift store right before the show. So <laughs> I basically got a bunch of free merch. Woo! Woo! Yes, and I'm wearing one right merch. now. It's a sweatshirt that says, be kind to one another. Ellen is 5'7". Oh, five, that's seven. Ellen merch? That's really nice. I like oh, that's then tall. she's probably my height. Mal- Mark. Maybe Mal. she seems small because she was set on a really massive yeah. stage. And she also probably just has, like, a tiny stature. Mm-hmm. You know, of build. Anywho. <laughs> How about you, Melissa? What's one good thing in your life? Um, a beautiful thing in my life is Oliver finally started his job this week. Yay! Yay, Oliver! And now we're just in such awesome moods because we both get really excited <laughs> to see each other when we come home from work. She's Slash. Like, money, 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 money. <laughs> money! Slash, we bought an air fryer, and I make really awesome sweet potato fries in there. Nice. So, next game night, air some fryer. sweet potato fries. Woo, woo, woo. I ha- that's all I've tried in there so far. But uh, you can try everything, so I'm excited. One other callback I wanted to do quickly from our first attempt at recording episode 8. One of Kristen and I's shared good things was that we went to a Bob Marley tribute festival concert and we had an amazing time, laughed and danced nonstop, sang I want to songs. go back to that night. <laughs> it was very fantastic, and I needed to call it out again because we met some amazing humans and friends, and um, we mentioned it when we tried to record this episode at first, but now we're re-recording it, so I wanted to give it Aww. a little bit of extra love. Yeah. Woohoo! All right, who's first? Who is the bun? Bun number one. I think that's me. Woo! That is... Woo. Uh, My story is about a veteran of the United States. Um, He is 104. Oh my goodness. He, yes, he has some stories. He has a lot of good stories and interesting stories, I'm sure. I wonder how old Moana's grandma is, if that's like around 104. She might even be older. Yeah. But yes. That's impressive. Around 104, yeah. Uh, Anyway... The story about this veteran, uh, his name is Major Bill. That's what <laughs> he goes Bill. by. Major Bill. Major Bill. Major Bill. Uh, he lives at an assisted living right now, and one of the residents there put together this secret mission called Operation Valentine. <gasps> I know. A top secret mission. And part of the top secret mission was she wanted to reach out to his friends and his family and other people to get them to send him Valentine's Day cards because he's never celebrated it. He's never celebrated that. He's never celebrated. In 104 Mm -hmm. years of life, not one of those years. I mean, maybe when he was younger and going to school, he participated in the classroom, you know, exchange of of notes. But uh, his wife, they were married for 42 years. Not one time did they celebrate Valentine's Day. Aww. (laughs) <laughs> but every day was love day, right? Yeah, I think I probably because every day was Valentine's Day. They're I like, like what do you mean? Every day was love day. Every day was love day. So February fourteenth is. I kind of like the sound of love day more than Valentine's Day. Yeah. Right. Saint Valentine is rolling over in his grave. Yeah. <laughs> is there not a Saint Love? That'd be awesome. Saint Love. Saint Moo. Saint Moo. Saint Mounier. I'm going to go down in history, you guys. Saint, Saint Big Moo. Balls. <laughs> uh, no, but this, uh, this awesome lady went above and beyond. And because she went above and beyond, guess how many Valentine's cards were mailed to Major Bill? 
A thousand. Five thousand. Ten thousand. Y'all already oh know God. the answer. <laughs> I know when you try to record the I know, but I don't remember what it was. Seventy thousand Valentine's wow. Day cards. Oh, 70, that guy 000. has more friends than how many people occupy the state of Tennessee. Mm, definitely not. Know. Definitely not, girls. Definitely not. Maybe a city in Tennessee. Not you know. even Nashville. Yeah. Not even Nashville. I know. Uh, Aren't you from there? I am. Yeah. Shouldn't you have like a decent gauge for how many people? I really are should. I mean, I think Birmingham has two hundred thousand. I know. So. I was really just trying to. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. It's out. okay. As soon as you said state, I was just like, "This is gonna go down." <laughs> city, city. I'm just trying to imagine like seventy thousand pieces of paper. Yeah. Like how big of a stack would that? How make? many trees? sad. <laughs> <laughs> But they, they, they were how, turned yeah. into love. They were alchemized. Oh, did he have a PO box to receive all these? I guess they, I think they sent them to the assisted living because uh, there's a photo of boxes and boxes of cards. And they had to hire people. His family had to hire people to help him open them and read them to him. I want that job. Oh my gosh. I know. That On would be a great note, job. Though, imagine all the other people at assisted living who are like... <laughs> this person got 70,000 Valentine's Day cards. Well, hopefully they understand that it's we. So really, even yes. though he got them, all of them got them. What was her goal? Like, did she have a goal number at Valentine's? 100. Wow. Oh my gosh. That was goal. surpassed wow. so much. That's yeah. amazing. And it's, it's really cute. There's a video of him in his uniform, uniform the, the formal one. Yeah. And he has on his little cap and his all of his his purple heart. He got a purple heart when he served in World War II. Wow. Yeah, 35 years of service. Thank you, Major Bill. Thank you, Major, Major Bill. Bill. That's amazing. We need more people like you in our world. You're amazing. And that shows from all the love that you received on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing is is not all of, not all of them came from his friends and family. They came from all 50 states and all around the world. Wow. So he got he got global he got a big global hug on Aww, Valentine's a Day. Global hug. A global hug. A global hug. I love that story because if you think about how long it would take you as an individual to write a simple card, even to a stranger, you could just get a cute one, you know, with like a little dog and a heart on it, and then say, Happy Valentine's Day, Major Bill, love, big balls, Kristen. That would only take you like Five minutes at most. It's a really low effort on the part of an individual, but then when they all come together, it makes mm -hmm. a massive, massive impact. And I think a lot of times we forget how your small thing can contribute to a really big difference in the world. And we also forget that such a small thing that takes us a little bit amount of time, a little bit amount of effort, can make someone's whole day. You know, you take yeah. 30 seconds to write someone a short little note and leave it at their desk or hide it in their purse so well, that they find it later. if he's never celebrated Valentine's Day in his whole life, I'm sure that made more than just his day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, in general. It's his new favorite holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said that. Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 what was that laugh? <laughs> Yeah. And he was he was so grateful. He was in shock and in disbelief and he said overwhelmed with feelings. Aww. Which is really fun. You know, I also I love that story. Touched his heart. 
It means there's 70,000 amazingly good people out there that are willing to take a little bit of time out from their day to make someone else's day a little extra special. Yep. Maybe we should do that next year on Valentine's Day. Just like write a bunch of random cards to people and go send them out. That would be really cute. Right? Just I anybody. Missed, the past two years, I, I went to nursing homes and assisted living homes and passed out roses on Valentine's Day. And I didn't get to do it this year and it made me really sad. We should I do might it. just do that for let's just, just, do it for fun. just on a day. Let's make a love day. Yeah. Let's make love our own. Day. We can call it love day. And we can go to the nursing homes and then also to Flamingo and his friends. Let's do it. Deal. Yeah. Oh. Which, call back to Flamingo. I saw him on the street the other day. We were oh, both walking really? to Trader Joe's. <laughs> oh my gosh. And we high-fived on the street. I said we shouted him out on our podcast. And he was like, oh gosh, keep me out of the fame. <laughs> but he was super sweet. And he said, I'm Aww, still like Flamingo. doing all my activities and enjoying life. And I was like, you know, you are a rock star. Flamingo. If you're not familiar with Flamingo, go listen to episode one. It is very sweet. Okay. I think it's my turn. Juicy I'm, I think I'm, the, I'm the Juicy Lucy Fat Hamburger today. And I'm super duper excited because my story today is about the life of a legend. And I think it ties in really nicely to Kristen's story about just sending all the love that you can. Because this human is well-known for their capacity to love and share love and encourage people to be loved. And his name is, drum roll please, <laughs> Bob Marley. And I was inspired to do this story because when we went to the Bob Marley Festival uh, birthday tribute concert, I realized that I didn't actually know that much about his life. So I really wanted to learn more about this amazing iconic individual and fun fact guys his name might not actually be Robert Marley his full name right now is Robert Nesta Marley but uh -huh. some people think that it was actually Nesta Robert Marley and one of the officials doing his documentation thought Nesta was a girl's name and assumed it was his middle name and swapped the two you know what's crazy is like that wouldn't really happen in this day and age because we're so open to like, you can name your child whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. And then now there's like no gender appropriate names. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> it, it also might just be a completely made up story. But either way, I thought it was really fascinating. And I think the middle name or possible first name of Nesta sounds pretty, pretty cool. Does that have a meaning? Nesta. To nest. Nesta? No. To nest someone. Well, I mean, to, <laughs> to be a it sounds. It just sounds very unique. And We shall Google it yeah. and get back to you. We shall consult the all-powerful Google. Google. Also, Wikipedia. I consulted the all-powerful Wikipedia oh my God, for I heard, most of this information. <laughs> I heard, I, was, I watched this video on um, Deepak the other day, and he was talking to someone, I can't remember who, who but he was talking about, it doesn't matter what you know or how much you know now because you can just Google it. <laughs> and to hear him say that was so great and his accent and just, you know, you because of what Google he said, it, you it doesn't Google matter. It. What matters is where it comes from or how you know, or, you know and, he, and he goes off into this long thing. It made me happy. Have you seen, there's a guy, he's a comedian and has the social media character called Ultra Spiritual. 
and he's a he has like he red, red hair, hair? Yes. and a yes. beard yeah. and like does really funny videos yeah, and he has one on the college education system and Ooh. the first time I watched it I was crying laughing and also crying because I was in college and like the fuck am I doing here <laughs> oh no and, uh, no but he has a really good point he just super sarcastically says it totally makes sense to spend 60 plus thousand dollars a year on information in a world where it's not readily available <laughs> at the tip of your fingers and I was like Oh man, <laughs> bro, <laughs> spitting some truth. No, college was great. Definitely go. You you gain some valuable life experience there. Or go to trade school, where you can also gain valuable life experience. Trade school. <laughs> Follow your heart. Become or a carpenter. Skip yeah. school if you know your passions gonna <laughs> take you where you wanna go. Here's what you really should do: listen to your heart, follow your dreams, and make sure that you're living a life that makes you happy. And if college is the pathway to get there, that's great. If it's not, that's also great. And team, all the good things. We support you no matter what. We do. Yes. Okay, so Robert Nesta Marley was <laughs> <Right>. born <laughs> on February 6th in 1945. And this past year was his 75th birthday if he was still alive. So we're still celebrating his great life. He was born in Jamaica. Jamaica. Jamaica, man. And at the time, it was still a British territory. So it was British Jamaica. In 1962, Jamaica got their independence. Ooh. Ooh. That's really important because the next year, 1963, is when Bob Marley and the Whalers formed. So they started their musical career at this very pivotal point in Jamaica's history where they were finding their voice as a new nation they were finding their feet and their independence and their identity and, and really starting to establish it damn making music in that time what must have been monumental like they're literally well it definitely was because yeah. if, <laughs> I know. if you don't know who bob marley and the whalers are we're gonna have to have a talk <laughs> go just pause the podcast go listen to all their albums right now their first album contained one of their most favorite songs to date which is one love uh, one love, let's get together and feel alright. <laughs> that one, One Love, it shot to the top five songs globally, not just in Jamaica. So they were, let's get together and feel alright. You know uh, what? Global hugs. That's what global was happening. Global hugs. But yeah, it is really amazing that within like the first... They just formed their band and released their first album, and one of the songs just became that massively popular mm -hmm. from it's the crazy. beginning. Um, one of the main components of Bob Marley's music is just, if you've ever heard it, it's just naturally uplifting and easygoing and bright and happy. You can't and be mad when it's playing in the background. You literally you just, can't. You can't be mad. You can't. Like, it would just be... They and should your hood bobs just, like, uncontrollably. And it's like, it makes you... That sway. natural sway. The natural and sway. It just feels good. And one of the components of Bob Marley's life that fed into his music and its sound was his spirituality, which is... Rastafarianism. One thing that Bob Marley would say a lot is Jarasta. Jarastafari. Jarasta. Jarastafari. And I never ever knew what it meant. And it's from this religion called Rastafarianism 
which started around the 1930s in Jamaica. It is a religion, but it's also classified as a big social movement as well. And it's pretty similar to Christianity. It follows the Bible. It believes in a single God. It has a very specific interpretation of the Bible, though. And in Rastafarianism, instead of calling him God, they call him Jah. 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 Yeah, man. Jah. Yeah. <laughs> You're pretty good at that. You're pretty good at that. And a Rasta or a Rastafari is someone who follows Rastafarianism. So if you're Christian, you are a follower of Christianity. If you're a Rasta, you are a follower of ja. Rastafarianism. So when they say Jarasta, it's like God and I believe in you. So I love that. I'm down for this religion yeah. because yeah. instead of saying praise God or all the other things, it's like Jarasta. Just it blows <laughs> off the tongue. It's when so I eloquent. That, when I hear that phrase, it reminds me of like a big like church where they're all singing in a big choir and they're like praise Lord, but they're like Jarasta. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of just feel good vibes. Everyone loving each other and listening to Bob Marley <laughs> at the same time. Jarasta. Jarasta. Bob Marley. Did you listen music? to the words of that song that I sent you the other day? Which one? I sent you a song on Spotify link, and I said listen to the words. And I was I, I listened to oh, reggae no, a lot. Oh no, I did not. <laughs> I listened to reggae a lot, and as I was listening, I was like, oh, this is basically like a like a Rastafarian hymn song because of the the words oh. in the background. And I bet a lot of reggae music that we listen to Calls is probably to like has a lot of elemental or underlying themes along with that religion. Yeah, it's a very musical religion as well. I feel like Bob Marley's music in particular, and reggae in particular, just makes you feel like you're on drugs even if you're not, you know? <laughs> <laughs> if by on drugs you just mean elevated like, and I feel happy like and white. just like swaying <laughs> sure. and yeah. they look like crazy but they don't care because they're just having a good time. That way. Yeah. That's my definition. <laughs> uh, I like it. I like it. Good job. So, <laughs> I love you, Melissa. <laughs> the religion is also very Af Afrocentric, so they believe in Pan-Africanism, which is the a dream of a unified Africa. And in Rastafarianism, Africa is known as the promised land called Zion. Zion, like Zion, like Zion National Park. Mm -hmm. So, fun facts: these are really a big part of Bob Marley's life, and they fed into his music all the time. He was just a great human being all around, um, very passionate about his beliefs, but also very, very passionate about peace. So as much as he wanted to be politically active and, and had some very radical ideas, he also was grounded in a philosophy of nonviolence and connection and love. And I just want to add a little tidbit that his life story is so complex and takes place in such a important time in Jamaica's history that I really can't speak to every single component of it. And I'm really just here not to give a school report on Bob Marley, but to share the things that I found fascinating while I was learning about him. 
about Bob Marley that I had no idea was that he survived an assassination attempt. I mean, I've, I've already heard this story, but it, should, it still blows my mind that that happened. And so just a little bit of background information for this one, because Jamaica was really finding its voice and its politics as a new independent nation, there was a lot of instability and, and big ideas and clashes. And for a while in the 70s, it was kind of just reached this peak of violence and chaos. And Bob Marley wanted to have a Smile Jamaica Peace concert in 1976. And everything about that just sounds so, like, Smile Jamaica Peace, Peace concert. It was like a good time. Yeah, it, it, the goal of it was to just take the focus away from the politics and the violence and the hate that was happening and to just create a space for people to come together, enjoy music, sway side to side, bop their heads, and be happy as a unified country. And remember that it's not about the politics, it's about the humans. It's about the love. It's about the love. It's about being there for each other and giving them a big global hug. And when Bob Marley decided he wanted to be a part of this, he was very adamant that I will only join this concert if it has no connection to any politics. And that was the plan, that was his vision, but people still misconstrued it as a political statement. And these gunmen rushed his house during a break in a rehearsal and shot him and three of his oh bandmates. Yeah, he was shot in the Jeez. chest, I'm pretty sure. But he totally survived. His wife was shot in the head. That's the that's she also survived. Insane. Like those are those are spots that are shoot to kill. Shoot to I kill, know. yeah. That just shows like those that Bob Marley and his family, those are like humans who are spiritual beings on this earth, like that are just being protected. Yeah, they were protected by some nice jaw rasta energy over there <laughs> that's what I was thinking yeah so he he had a crazy life he survived that he was incredibly successful in his music in his family in his life and in everything he did and unfortunately he left this world too soon he fell victim to melanoma and passed away in 1981 at 36 years old yeah. he was very 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 young, young. very young mm -hmm. I think him passing away contributed to his massive status as a legend, as an icon. And he actually has an album called Legend, which was released three years after he passed away. And it is a collection of all of his greatest hits throughout his music career. And it still is the number one best-selling reggae album of all time. Woo! As it should be. Woo! Yeah, He's Bob. Snacks. Yeah, Nesta. Yeah, 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 Rasta. He <laughs> also sold over 75 million records worldwide and yes. was awarded a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award as well as the Peace Medal of the Third World from the United Nations. That's cool. My favorite, though, is an honor bestowed on him by his country of Jamaica, which is called the Order of Merit. And it's only given to a very select group of people. It's one of the top honors that you can receive in the country. 
and it recognizes international distinction in the arts, literature, science, and honestly anything else. And like a PhD, where if you went to school and graduated and you could follow your name with PhD, if you receive the Order of Merit, you can follow your name with OM. So he Om. is he is Bob Marley Ohm. And in yoga, Ohm is so special. It is the underlying sacred vibration that connects all living things. The universal sound of the world. Of the universe. Of the galaxies. Of the multiverse. To infinity and beyond. Of the stars. <laughs> so it's a very, very special thing. And just to honor his legacy a little bit more, I want to share some of my favorite Bob Marley quotes and some of the lessons that he passed on to his many children and what they've taken away from their life with their father. He had a house that smelled of fruit always. Yum. I want my house to smell like fruit all the time. But that was one of his children's biggest memories of, of living with Bob Marley was just the fresh smell of fruit anytime they walked into the like, space. Like awesome island Jamaica fruit too. Right, like real good fruit yeah. smell. And one of them said that for some of us, he will be a friend, a father, and a brother. For others, he would be a legend, a king, and a prophet. Which I loved because it felt like he was still really connected to his kids and his family in the context of being a part of a family. Not in the context of I'm an iconic music legend and, and you're my kid. Yeah. Yeah. Also, his children want you all to know that he is not a pothead. He... <laughs> is commonly misconstrued that way because he did smoke Mary Jane marijuana, but it was a really big part of his spiritual practice of being a Rasta. So it, was, it held a lot more significance to him than, than just, getting, just high. getting high. Yeah. Which that was definitely something that I learned. Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. Okay. Ready for my favorite Bob Marley quotes? Yes. Yes. Hit us with that knowledge. Hit you with that knowledge. One of my favorite ones is super simple. It says, some people feel the rain and other people just get wet. That's so good. That's I so, that. so good. I'm trying to imagine myself I can't, getting hit by some rain right now. I can't wait to give you guys your presents. I'm trying <laughs> is to Is it remember. rain? <laughs> <laughs> it's rain. She's going to make it rain on us. Water balloon fight. <laughs> I love it because it's really simple, but it just speaks to the power of perspective and how you want to experience everything. And honestly, you, like with your pain, you could interpret pain as, as a type of rain, as a type of thing that might be dampening on your life. And some people might just be like, oh my God, I'm in pain. This is the worst. My life sucks. I'm going to lay on the couch and do nothing. And you're sitting here like, I really appreciate this experience as much as it is painful because it's helping me realize and remember my importance as a healer and it's being a great teacher for me mm -hmm. you're feeling the I'm rain feeling the rain Kristen's guys. feeling the rain I'm she's not just rain. getting wet uh, another one is the greatness of a man is not how much wealth he acquires but in his integrity and his ability to affect those around him positively yeah. it's not about the money it's not about the fame it's not about vanity about lifting everyone up. It's about love and big global hugs. It's not about finishing the race. It's how many people you help finish the race. It's 
It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. journey. <laughs> we learned that one last week. And another one in line with that that he said is, beginnings are usually scary and endings are usually sad, but it's everything in between that makes it all worth living. So Word. much truth. And my favorite moment. of all time, Bob Marley said, just because you are happy, it does not mean that the day is perfect, but that you have simply looked beyond its imperfections. Bob. It's just so, so imperfectly perfect. Good and bad things happen all the time. All you have to do is look beyond the bad things, find the good things, and honor them with a little bit more of your energy and your thoughts. Yes to optimism. <laughs> Melissa's on fire with the with the little her tidbits of speaking. Yes to the optimism. Woo! (laughs) Lift your cups, cause they're half full. Or are they fully full? Depends how you see it. (laughs) Anyway, actually, you're right. Right? Because it's. Half full of water, then half full of air, but that still means that the cup was full of something. Exactly. Just depends on what it's full of. I definitely didn't think <laughs> as logically as you. Wow. Uh. Wow. <laughs> okay, well, I've got one more story for you guys. Yes, Melissa. Adding on to the legends that we've already talked about. So my story is about William H. McRaven, an admiral from the U.S. Navy. He is now retired. Another veteran. Woo, another veteran. Yay, vets. I love you all. Um, And he is someone who went through all of SEAL training, started out normal, um, just enrolled himself, enlisted himself to become a SEAL, to serve, and then made his way up the ranks, continued to become a lieutenant in charge of training the future SEALs and then an admiral. Um, And now he's retired. But he had a funny thought. Can I share with you? Yeah. So when you think of a Navy SEAL, you think of these super hardcore buff, dedicated, determined, just like ripped individuals, right? Mm-hmm. But the actual animal of a seal is like <laughs> floating Blubber. fat and like a cute little face with whiskers. I'm just curious who decided to name a group of elite Navy soldiers after a seal rather than a shark. You Maybe- know? Maybe they're they're talking about a seal as in seal of approval. Yeah. I think it's supposed to deal with like the seal, like you know how like you get you stamp something with your seal. Well, that would be a seal. We of should approval. look this okay. up. <laughs> we should look this up. But when I think navy, I think ocean. So then when I hear the word seal, mm-hmm. my brain automatically goes to the cute little water dogs. They do the swim very navy. well. And navy is supposed to be really agile in the water. Ooh. You know, so. that could be the history of it too. Yeah. We will also consult the all-powerful Google for this yes. one. Wikipedia has the answers. Um, Wikipedia. <laughs> Did I say that wrong too? Yes. Just like typography. Yeah, the other day we were typography. talking. And instead <laughs> of saying typography, she goes, ooh, typography. <laughs> Word pronunciation is not my thing, but spelling is. It's adorable. Anywho. <laughs> um, back to Admiral William H. McRae. Do you guys want to know the answer? Oh, you found out the What's answer What's the answer? Already? Navy SEALs are named after the environment in which they operate. The sea, the air, and the land. So if you put C and then, so S-E for C and then A for air and then L for land. Or Or S-E-A for C. C. 
And oh. also A for air. <laughs> yes. Good job. Liz <laughs> is like, my spelling skills. <laughs> They're here. I can flaunt them. I love that. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Oh, that that's makes really sense. cool. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. sweet. All right. So, William, his rise to fame started when he gave a commencement speech at his alma mater, University of Texas, Honkum Horns. <laughs> Hook'em horns. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't, okay, in my brain, I just imagine someone walking up to a bull and holding the horns going, honk, honk. As soon as that left my mouth, I knew that was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Honk'em horns. Honk'em horns. Anyway, his commencement speech was so impactful that many people were like, oh my gosh, William, what you said was so easy to digest, yet it was inspiring. Oh my god, my eyes are wide. <laughs> William's commencement speech was so impactful due to the simple things that he had to say that he learned from his military training that end up being actual inspiring lifelong lessons. He made a book called Make Your Bed, uh, which is out now and I have it. I recommend this book a hundred times. I've read it multiple times and it's super easy to read in like an hour. Anywho, something that stuck out to me is just this one rule that he has where he starts every life lesson with, if you want to change the world. Ooh. And simply, just one of them that I personally love in the spirit of music is, if you want to change the world, start singing when you're up to your neck in mud. And this is actually based off something that he had to go through while he was training to become a Navy SEAL. Something that he had to go through was Hell Week in Navy SEAL training. That's um, where they're just constantly being brutalitized. <laughs> they were brutalitized. <laughs> Do you see, see like a, a southern preacher? <laughs> they were hated on and they were brutalized. It was hell week for a reason. Oh my god. I don't know what's happening. I like that new today. word. Brutalitized. Let's, let's just rewind. I know that was wrong. Anyway. I feel like it was actually pretty accurate to what a Hell Week yeah. is. Okay. <laughs> well, they had Hell Week, and they had to do just countless calisthenics, <clears throat> sleep-deprived, they're tired. This is already during, like, the six months of their training that they've been doing, and it's just a full week of cramming all of that in um, to where you can really phase out the people who are cut to be a SEAL or the people who are not. And... Well, obviously, William H. McRaven made the cut, yeah, but he did. it was not easy. They were all the way up to their neck in mud, and their instructor, their commander, was walking, you know, just above the mud, kicking mud in their face, yelling at them, like, who wants to give up? They're cold, they're tired, it's almost midnight, it's dark, and their commander says to them, hey, if just four of you give up, we can all get out of the mud and go sit by the fire and have some warm food. Get in your blankets, get showers, all that stuff. I only need four of you to give up. And William said he could feel like the guy next to him starting to yank free. And he tried to hold that person down to keep him in the mud. But that person was like, nope, I'm out of here. And he started climbing out of the mud, going towards the commanding officer, the instructor. And all of a sudden, out of the mud came another student who was in there who started singing. And apparently it was very off-tune, out of pitch, but it was a song that everyone knew. 
And soon enough, one voice turned to two, two turned to three, and they all started singing in the mud. And that kid who was walking up out of the mud towards the instructor turned around, climbed back in, climbed back in the mud, grabbed each other's hands, and they just started singing. Oh my god, that's so awesome. I don't know what the song was, but I really hope it was Rise Up This Morning. Smile with the rising sun. I'm also really impressed. Um, I've seen mud in my life, but I've never seen enough mud to take up the entire body of an adult male. Oh, I right? have. Where did they find that much mud? The Tijuana mud flats. Oh. <laughs> we got plenty of mud in Alabama. You're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Me and my friends used to make mud baths. Like, that's, I know. Little. People pay a lot of money for those. I know. <laughs> but in nature, they're free. Yeah. Ooh, right by but, the lake. Yeah, and it's crazy because there's so many other, he made 10 rules, kind of 10 life lessons that all start with if you want to change the world. And that one just really stuck out to me because it showed if you can find, again, the good thing, even in that time that you really want to give up or just fail or cry. But if you start and start, if you be the person to hold your head up high, Others will catch on to that energy. They will join in on that optimism. They'll realize that together you can do so much versus alone if you gave up. Mic drop. Much vinyasa. I feel like, can I take this book home with me? I feel like it's a good one for me to read right now. (laughs) No, absolutely. Honestly, the very first one, because it's the title of the book, is if you want to change the world, make Make your bed. bed. Because a task completed... Starts the day off on a good mm-hmm. note. I made my bed this morning. Ooh, I made my bed this morning. I'm going to change the world. I did not. <laughs> That's okay. You threw out <laughs> your back. <laughs> yes. Leaning over is Please problematic. Please do not wake your yeah. bed ever <laughs> until your back is healed. Yes. Yes. Um, if you're down for a good read, go check it out. Also, look up his commencement speech if you want a shortened version of everything that he shares about in the book. But they're all really easy, simple tasks that can change the world if you continue to do them daily. Another thing that I discovered from Oprah's podcast is when you're doing affirmations, if that's something you practice, instead of saying, I am beautiful, I love myself, and being really firm about it. Because sometimes when you're saying them, you might not fully believe them. You can start with a may. So it turns into may I believe that I'm beautiful and may I love myself so it's more of a soft invitation into finding that rather than just adamantly saying it and it maybe not being a hundred percent true in the moment so you can also try that on make your bed sing songs in a mud bath and start your affirmations with may so that you can have a softer invitation into them and give global hugs And may you share our podcast with your friends and family. You know why I love that? It's because you're asking for permission. Yes. Consent Consent is sexy. (laughs) Consent is key. (laughs) Oh, I still haven't done that. It's also sexy. (laughs) What? You've never asked for consent? No. (laughs) That that thing that we have to, that sexual harassment training we have to do for core power. Oh. Oh. Which we passed. Yeah, we did that. It It was quick. By the way, I said consent is sexy because I saw that on a poster. (laughs) It is sexy. It is. It's also essential and it's key. So may you please share our podcast with your friends and family. May you give us a like, download our episode, subscribe, rate us, or even leave a comment. Yeah, man. Jarasta. Jarasta. Global hug.
all the good things. We got all the good things. A story to uplift and moments of bliss to remind us all that life is a gift. And because we truly care, all the good things we share. All the good things.